welcome to the podcast about interesting, everyday people. I'm Daniel Lance. I'm Paul Gilman, and this is Podzo One. Tim Melanthi is a pinball lover and statistics enthusiast who enjoys the thrill of casinos, horse races, and odds games. Tim is also a volunteer STEM educator at Richmond Swansboro Elementary School. This episode, we hear about Tim's life, some of his stories, including how he grew up with eccentric golfer John Daly, and more. So here is Tim Melanthi. Tim Melanthi, welcome to Pod So One. Thanks, good to be here. Yes, Tim Melanthi, this is going to be exciting. Tim, you and I met, what, like, uh, shoot, what year was it? 2000? I'm going to go 03, 04. Yeah, that sounds about right. So we've known each other more than a couple minutes. You and I happen to go to the same uh, prestigious college or university, we should say. But we didn't know each other there. You're a couple years ahead of me in school. That's right. But we do reminisce about the old days. And you you kept your yearbook, your senior yearbook. Who are the uh, famous and semi-famous people in that yearbook that you have earmarked? Um, Rob Finnegan, uh, <laughs> Jonathan Stalls, <laughs> Frank Rotman. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, Tina Fey. Okay, is yeah, in she there. was she was my year. Yeah, um, what? Yeah, come on, man. Uh, huh. Vern, we're talking about University of Virginia. This isn't William and Mary. <laughs> Vern, Vern, yep, yep, Vern, yep. Uh, super uh, decorating guy, it was interior a, decorator. I almost said. Queer eye for the straight guy. No, the um, he was not the trading, trading spaces. Yeah, or that's whatever. right. He was that's de- exactly right. A designer. Yeah. Uh, Man, star studded. Well, he's two. Yeah. Herman Moore. If you want to go to oh, athletics, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this was my senior year book. My freshman year book. There were some people ahead of me. Um, you know, S- Steve Malcolmus of Pavement, like alternative. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I forget the guy's name that headed up the. The Silver Jews, I think they're called the band. So mm-hmm. There was some music. And you are a big, you're, you're a big well. music guy, too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Daniel plays music, so there may be something there to play with. Are you, you're a listener? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. What, what kind do you like listening to? Um, my favorite bands are probably, uh, I like the Silver Sun Pickups and oh. Death Cab for Cutie. Okay. Super and, eclectic. And right. I like Queens of the Stone Age and Interpol. And I'll have to get out my play, <laughs> my playlist. I like the XX. Get your iPod out uh, and yeah, 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 scroll yeah. the wheel. So just indie, all, alternative, I guess. Is it all indie or do you listen more than just indie? Uh, no, I mean, it's all over the place, I guess. But Are you sneezing? What is that? No, I, I should just say this. I, I felt sick earlier this week and uh, I don't have COVID. Um, Thank God. So I just wanted to get that out there. But are you sneezing or coughing? I'm uh I've I've been doing like a little bit of uh, coughing. I, my sneezes are done. Okay. But uh, so that was a call. I packed like hella cough drops, so we're good. For, All right. So we're for, good. The next know. the next like seven hours are going to be with Tim. Yeah, but um, I'm wondering like, did before pre Rona, did you go and watch? Did you go see any of these bands in concert? Absolutely. Like? I used to go to the National, and all the time, and oh yeah, Broadberry and. Do they hold up like? Alternative music, like the bands that you mentioned, they sound they have a weird sound on albums, and I wonder are they able to keep that sound in in live performances? Um, I think so. I mean, maybe I don't have the the ear or whatever. But. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's probably just some effects. Sometimes they sound like really uh, just uh, atmospheric, and I don't know how they really achieve that without a recording studio. But I I've only been to like. 
I would say more straightforward bands like rock bands and and like the Lumineers, which uh, I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're much more minimalist in the way they do things. Yeah, I actually, I can't believe I did. I went to the, let me do the addition here. I I think it was like the 30th anniversary of the Joshua Tree tour. Oh, wow. So I went in 87 when it was at RFK, but then I went in 2017 that's really cool. To see you too, and they were at FedEx instead of RFK. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. Uh, Lumineers opened. Oh, for you too? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Tim's got a pretty broad and deep love of music. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you listen to records like vinyl or? Uh, no, no, it's all just iPod now or um, Spotify. Spotify. Not iPod. iPod, iPod <laughs> takes us back maybe 15 years. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I kind of miss iPods because you have to scroll through and kind of pick something. Um, <laughs> well, iPod is where the, the name podcast came from. That's right. I've been told. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's good times. So, Tim, you and I met, uh, I think we worked for a big bank yeah. in Richmond. <laughs> yeah. It's good times. That's right. And we were in uh, a fun department. Richie Crabb was part of that. that that's right. That's yeah. right. Richie's been on this podcast. He's a funny dude. He's yeah. still a funny dude. Are we allowed to talk about ping pong? Or no? Sure. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> well, what about ping pong? They were uh, Where we worked was very... Uh, Liberal with you know back in the day work work hard play hard uh, so there's a ping pong table like literally right on our floor yeah it was where like uh, the copier would be typically it, it, yeah exactly and for a while there it seemed like we were playing maybe a little too much yeah maybe it was, was, maybe was, was work work hard sometimes yeah and I was getting pretty good and it was we like, all were yeah exactly it was like. Hey, I think we're playing too much ping pong you, you were if we had seated officially like you would have been the two seat probably. Behind Rahul? Rahul. Oh, Rahul's ridiculous. Yeah, it was this Indian guy. It was just sick. Nobody could beat him. I don't I don't remember anybody beating that guy. I was probably like the sixth seed. But I remember I was so happy. You know, you can't control nicknames you get, and some of them might be bad, but this, this dude named Tom Truxus nicknamed me the cat. Because I would like <laughs> I would like get to everything and and then people would be like, Oh, you come in after your break in with another partner and be like, oh, you got the cat or whatever. And I used to be, I used to be so and, proud. And, and, and like, everybody knew that like, cat right. was the next best guy behind Rahul. That's great. Those were fun days. Yeah, I was the, the legit just outside of the top five guy. Out of like 10 people. I was number six, I think. But you guys had a pretty good caliber going on though, it sounds like. Yeah, it was good, it was good times. <clears throat> were you there when uh, we dared Truxus to... Uh, Cut his hair into a certain thing. Oh yeah, I was. There. Can you tell that story? Or, well, I mean, I, I I don't know if I'll get all the details. I'll, right, I'll pitch it. But but basically, uh, there was this guy we worked with. He's a great guy. I, I don't know how it started. Oh, I started. But, but basically, we <laughs> dared him, or not dared him. Like got together money. We said if we raise X dollars, will you? Yeah, cut and your I hair? think it was uh, at least a hundred. I yeah, forgot at least, how much. At least I may have pitched in just to. Get a mullet, you know, kind of shaved. Ooh, on the a side. mullet. Okay. Well, so he had a really like lovely hair and it just like long all over. I'm like, hey, dude, mullet. Like, we take the sides off and leave the back alone, and we're gonna raise. It might have been two hundred bucks. And and back in '04, and, and basically that was he went a to. Chunk of change. I didn't go with him to the barber, but I think it was over. At oh, East, I went to East Shore. I, I went because Great I, Clips or something. It was the Great Clips, and I directed the uh, the young lady there that was cutting his hair. So I wasn't yeah. there live, but. Right after it happened, it's like, well, you're not finished. Now we're going over to Short Pump. He had to keep is, it for 24 hours. And this is when Short Pump yeah. was still kind of new. 
Oh, yeah. And I remember exciting. we yeah. parked out back by the Dick's Sporting Good, and we're like, we're going to go walk around the mall. And we get out of the car, we're walking towards the dick, still in the parking lot, and this car, kids go by, they're like, hey, dude, nice haircut. And he was horrified. Oh, it was awful. And that was the end of it. No, no, it wasn't the end of it, because then we went into the food court, and we ate at the food court, and there were all these teenage kids around, uh, and like they were snickering like a couple tables away, and it was driving Tom crazy. And, And you would think that... Paul planted those guys in the parking uh, lot, but yeah. no, it was real. And in the parking like, lot, in the food court. And so we finished lunch, and it's just been brutal mentally for, and I guess emotionally for Tom. And he said, uh, yeah, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> he lasted like two hours. He was oh. supposed to go 24. So we got the money back, and he ended up getting a haircut. Uh, I, would, I guess he buzzed it all the way down, right? Well, he, I mean, yeah, he had to <laughs> make it look non mullety Oh, man, it must have been... Ri- Feel bad for him to turn around and give you your money back. I would have tried to stick it out. It was pretty bad. He lasted like two hours. Yeah. I mean, I I, I would have let it keep. I would have let it go. Who cares? They're teenage it's, kids. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Teenage kids can be pretty nasty. Do you think I can track trucks of stale? Um, probably. Yeah, he's a lawyer. He's a lawyer in he's Charlottesville. A, he's a lawyer somewhere in Virginia. Yeah. Oh he's, man. He's a great guy. He was, unless he's changed dramatically, which I doubt he has. He's he was a really good guy. You'd like mm-hmm. Tom. Yeah, so you guys would get down with the with the ping pong, ping pong this, and mullets, and this was also the same Capital One. <gasps> sorry, this is also the same large bank. That's that the third ha- time. That's the uh, third time somebody said it. I know, man. This wow. time it was one of the hosts. Mm. I know, dude. Betrayal, but this was the one that had the tiny little kids' tricycles that you'd get in and, and race on with your knees sticking way out around the the lake. Yeah, I, I never did that, but that was part of... It was right of, before he joined the, the department. No, 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 I was there. That was yeah. part of, like, the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you remember. But, but, oh, so I watched. I did, I've never, yeah, we, I never got on one. Yeah, I I had to watch. I couldn't fit on one of those bikes. <laughs> oh, okay. But, and we had golf, right? We were hitting over the pond there. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff you don't get away with these days. Yeah. Yeah, we worked together for a while, and uh, we both live in the area. You grew up, though, in Orange County. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I was actually born in Silver Spring, Maryland, like for the first 10 years. And my dad was in like real estate and construction of this community called Lake of the Woods. Yep. And I moved there in like 77, like when I was like 10 years old. Was it a big deal for you? Yeah, it was kind of scary. Silver Spring is D.C. Yeah, yeah, it's like suburban Montgomery County, Maryland, and then you come down to Orange County. County and you know I love Orange County now and that's yeah, kind of, of you do, where, yeah. where I grew up but it was kind of a shock when you population four hundred get, get there and yeah. you know the principal on my first day of fifth grade comes in and, and I'm not trying to make fun of his accent but it was just like oh and <laughs> you can get your breakfast for thirty five cent or whatever and I was like wait what did he just say or whatever <laughs> like, just, I, I've been living with the Catholics up in Maryland they don't talk like. <laughs> So this is an orange. This is Orange County, Virginia. That's right. That's right. Yeah, not not Orange County. Which is like a you know an hour and twenty minutes like kind of northwest of here. Yeah, it's where uh, Montpelier is in in Orange. That's right. The the, the horse races. Or or, there's also the yes James Madison. James Madison old old place. place. And it's it's like the town itself is called Orange, and it's there's a county around it. That's Orange County. That's right. There's Orange the town and Orange Mm. uh, County. Okay. But yeah, Montpelier. James Madison's uh, states in Orange County, and they have horse races every year there, okay. except this year. They would normally be next Saturday, first Saturday in November. Yeah. 
and I had a sweet streak going. I went like every year from '82 to like 2007. I've never, I've like never that. been. It's, it's obviously a good time. You wouldn't go that many times. Yeah, and then, then I had this streak where I didn't go because you get in the zone with your kids of Saturday soccer games and mm. and, and stuff. Just but around, now I'm ready. Yeah. Now that they're We'll get, take take old, me, man. Come I'm on, I'm ready to I'm ready to go again. It's, it's go. like it's just like uh, Foxfield. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the appeal of, of going to a horse race? It's just a like a big tailgate party. It's I mean, tailgating. It's one of those relaxing. jokes where it's like after the it's over and you've had so much to drink, you're like, wait, I didn't even see a horse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's like it's there, there yeah. is a little track, but a lot of it's steeplechase. You know, mm. around the. If you pay attention state. to it, you're probably you got a couple bucks on the race, and you're picking a random horse to win. And if you win, fun. If you don't win, who cares? <laughs> but yeah, it's mostly about tailgating. It's that, a big part. Is that, it is it like NASCAR style tailgating or football style tailgating or different mm, from both? Mm, interesting question. Um, I mean, it's a little different. Maybe some bow ties and starch and fancy yeah. goblets and oh, it's stuff. Like classy, genteel. But but there tailgating. is there is like the kind of hardcore party section too, but it just has a general you're going to dress up. Like a lot of people like to wear the fancy hats. So there's some up, upper and, muckety mucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that you may not find in the nest. But I don't want that to discourage you. It's <clears throat> it's still a really good oh, yeah. a really good time. Yeah. We should go. We should do a podcast there. I don't know, man. Wouldn't maybe there, maybe be, next year it'll be back on. Be a lot of ruckus, wouldn't there? That's fine. What's wrong with ruckus on the podcast? It just interferes with the audio, but <laughs> don't listen to me. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's fine every once in a while, I think. So, Tim, uh, growing up in your formative years were in Lake of the Woods. That's right. That's right. So how, how would you spend your time as a uh, preteen and teenager? Um, well, I'm, I'm hesitant to say, but I'll I'll say it's going to sound. I don't want to sound like you know white privilege or anything. But it is I, I had a fortunate yeah. childhood. Uh, we we lived on the on the lake at Lake of the Woods, and we had a boat, and I got to go water skiing, and you know there was a pool and uh, a golf course, and yeah. learned to play golf, and it, it it was it was nice. I had a pretty good. It childhood. is what it is, man. That, yeah, that, that's right. No shame. That's yeah. right. That's awesome. So you just played tennis with. Uh, Biff and Buffy kind of thing? It's funny you say that. I play tennis uh, now, but I, I, I started at age 45, tennis. But not as a kid? Mm-mm. I mean, you had a racket, but I never, like, played. You weren't playing matches? Y- yeah, maybe once a year, like, go out and hit with a friend, or, but I didn't play. But. Yeah, but you played soccer and football growing up. Exactly, and in, and in school... There was no way because baseball and tennis season were at the were at the same time, and so I played baseball. And all my tennis friends are gonna kill me, but I've had a buddy say tennis was for kids who couldn't hit a baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, I that, you got that a bigger may, surface area. Yeah. That, that may sound harsh, but it, you're being accurate. <laughs> Tim's trying not to laugh audibly right now. <clears throat> you think your tennis friends are gonna listen to this and be appalled by that comment? Uh, n- no to both parts of that. Like, one, they're not going to listen. <laughs> no, I got, I got that. And even if they did. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But you like baseball more. Uh, yeah, I, I did growing up. That was number one. And what's kind of crazy about that is I, I don't really like it that much anymore. Yeah. My, my kids yeah. did Little League 
And I was like, oh, my God, these games are long. And mm. you a kid out in the outfield. And it was exciting when your kid's up to bat. But it didn't really click with them that much either. And I was like, yeah, I don't blame you. This is kind of boring. And I mean, I hate to say that, but... Well, back in the day, when you and I were growing up, you had four options for sports, maybe, typically. Uh, And so, yeah, you played baseball because what else were you going to do in in most locations? Uh, And you're right. It's fun to play. uh, But when you have other options, maybe it's not that fun to play. And watching, ooh. (laughs) Now, Gene Gene Burke, who I think you know, Tim, brought up a really good point. If you're at a, a pro game... It's fun. It's a social occasion. You can still mm. follow the game and be social and talk to everybody around you. Mm-hmm. But if you're at a Little League game, where you, maybe you know a couple of the other parents, but you're... Oh. Yeah, and, and maybe if it would have stuck with my kids and they were played in high school, it would have been a little more exciting. But yeah, some of those uh, Little League games were, were, were tough. But a big part of that, though, is also pitching. Like, so my oldest son, Daniel... You know, tried that. And not not Daniel so, Lance, Daniel Mullins. That, that's right, right. My my oldest son, mm. uh, Daniel. So mm. he tried to, and that gets exciting real fast. Like if your kid's on the hill, because he's in every play. Oh, yeah. absolutely, mm. absolutely. And then it's like, oh, then he comes out, and then he goes to the outfield, and it's like, oh. yep, he's going <laughs> to start not paying attention. <laughs> and and, and I, I will not pay attention as the uh, parent either. Because there's like there's always so many players on the field, or even in the dugout, but there's the ball's only in one place at a time. Like, if, if your kid is never seeing it, then I could see how it would just kind of, like, lose your interest. And the funny part, I got a little silly story, is I was pretty good at baseball growing up. What position did you play? Um, well, it changed throughout the years. I pitched and even shortstop as a left-hander Which is in weird, Little right? League and yeah, then yeah. outfield in high school. But but I used to be pretty good, and I would tell my son Daniel that. He's like, oh, your old man, he's pretty good or whatever and we're in a game and i'm in the stands and a foul ball comes over <laughs> over my way i know where you're going and, and i re- if i told you this before no, I, you I reach up to to get it and the ball bounces off my finger <laughs> and and it literally breaks my finger but and i was like in such pain and i ran over to the concession stand i was like can i get a cup of ice and I don't know if you can. I can see it. Yeah, you your can, your fingers messed up. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a, my broken. Uh, that is a reminder to not let your ego get too big. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And damn, I thought you were good, Dad. You just like because it wasn't like a blistering like line drive. It was yeah. just right. like a pop fly. Pop fly. You, can, you, probably, you probably catch it ninety seven times out of a hundred, right? Mm. But on that occasion, you actually broke your finger. <laughs> it's a good story. Gosh, oh, I mean, what do you do if you don't have the confidence to catch that though? If it's mm. coming down, do you just step to the side? <laughs> You gotta make it. You gotta. You try. gotta try, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And now you have a, a badge of honor. <sighs> Broken finger. So you went to Orange County Public Schools. Uh, yeah, for um until fifth grade to tenth grade, actually, and then I don't know. I happened, I don't want to badmouth Orange County Public Schools, but at the time I just felt like I w- wasn't being challenged. It, it, thank you. And there were a number of us at, at, at Lake of the Woods that ended up being transfer students and going to James Monroe High School in the city in of Fredericksburg. In the city of, yeah. Technically, it was a shorter drive. Which is crazy, right? Too, to, yeah. because Orange County is kind of this really wide county, and there was only one high school, and we are literally like 25 miles from high school. 
Not not two point five miles, twenty five miles. Yeah. Uh, wow. On the it's it's a rural county. county. That's yeah. right. It was only one high school. Right. Still is just one. Really? Well, there are two technically, but only one's part of the public school system. Oh, you're talking about Woodbury Forest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But you were a baseball player at uh, James Madison, right? James Monroe. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I went with the fourth president. <laughs> Well, James Madison is who had Montpelier. Right. It's very confusing. And James Monroe is the high school in Fredericksburg. Both from Virginia, though. And, and, and here's a, a little bit of a funny story. So I get to James Monroe, and then I play baseball there and football, and then we have to play my old school, and they know that I left. Yeah. You, you, so I was a target. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, almost tre- it's almost treasonous, right? Yeah. Turncoat. Football or baseball? Or both? Both. Yeah. Both. So whether to did they throw at stick you? me or plunk me or whatever? Did, did no, no, you? I think it was more in they're just razzing. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. when I'm up at bat, like you know, the, I would talk too. Yeah, are they still allowed to do that? By the way, because I said my kids don't play baseball. Can, can they we talk were, smack? Yeah, uh, probably not as obviously as we could back in the day. I, they're whispering it though. I would hope so. Because back when we were in high school, one everyone had a dip and a big one too. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Because that's, like, hey, that, that's really bad about 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 it. Can you can you still do that or is that? I, I don't. I haven't been to a baseball game <laughs> exactly in so long. Either. Mm. My son's nineteen. He last played baseball when he was eleven. So it's been a while for me. <laughs> they well, should. You guys wouldn't be like like outright bullying or anything. It would just be like talking trash to the. It's, it's banter, dude. It's yeah. all it is. You. It wasn't it, mean spirited. It. It. It could be. Think people were mean back in. <laughs> right. I mean. Were they? I think so. I don't remember it that way, but they probably were. I guess it depends on like what you Like if you got up there and then you had the entire opposing team yelling at you, I don't know. But who cares? Well, yeah, it's you, you got to shut them up. That's I right. You, you got to like line drive up the middle. That's what you got to do. <laughs> Even if that's not your natural swing, you just take it back up the middle. Right? Isn't that the thing to do? I think so. All right, Tim, I just learned this about you a few months ago. You are really into pinball. <laughs> why why uh pinball? Um I don't know. I just started way back in the seventies. Oh, so you've been playing since you were a kid. Well yeah, I've enjoyed it since I was a kid. I mean the first one I remember is from when we lived in Maryland, like at this seven eleven or whatever. Oh they I actually just, like no kidding pinball machines in the seven eleven. Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know about the Seven Elevens down here, but yeah, I think they had them. Yeah. And and then just, uh, you know, wherever we went, I don't know what it is about it. And then in the late seventies came Space Invaders and Pac Man and, and and all those Galaga. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I was into those maybe a little bit, but not not too much. Pin. Arcades used to be, when they first opened, like, 90% pinball machines. Right. And then they'd have a video game, Pong, or, mm. boot, or boot Hill, if you're old. <laughs> There's two guys just shooting each other. And, and then by the late 70s, it had gone the other way, like 80% video games, 20% right, right, right. pinball. Because of Pac-Man and all that. Yeah, yeah. Ow, absolutely. But I still stayed a loyal... So um, you were a purist. P- pinball guy. And then... You know, through growing up and living here, and you just didn't see machines that much. You, you'd literally like, oh, I hear there's one uh, at the laundromat in Ashland or something. <laughs> like, literally, it's yeah, yeah. And, and then I'm literally on a business trip 
in Atlanta, believe it or not, and we're at a bar, and I'm with a guy that's also from Richmond, and I'm like, dude, did you see they got a pinball machine in the basement? And he's like, oh, wow, you like pinball? He's like, I got a buddy that belongs to a club in Richmond. That There's an actual club. A- absolutely. And I was like, wait, what? And he got me in touch with this guy, and the rest is history. So this was probably six or seven years ago, 2013 or 14, that I first got introduced to the Richmond Pinball Club. Dang, so, so when you walked into the Richmond Pinball Club, um, did you just like start putting up high scores and like it was your superpower? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. So first, when, when we say Richmond Pinball Club, that, that's just a people. There's not like a place. These are all like private collections. In but people's but some, some dude ha- in the club has an amazing collection. No, right? no, several, several do. Wow. So, so the the very first time I go, I go to this this guy's house and I go to his basement and he's got like let's call eight machines and they're like mint condition. Mm. And and some of them are the the older kind, you know, with the the reels like tick yep. tick tick tick. Like then, the old gas pumps. That, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And then some of the new ones. And I was just like, holy cow! And then. uh Back to your question, I thought I was good, but man, there's some there's some people that are like really good, and it's all feel of of the machine and timing, right? Or yeah. is there more to it than that? No, it's just being able to make the shots and and actually, this is one thing I'm never good at. Like I never bother to learn a game. I know that sounds really nerdy, but it's like, well, you what you got to do is you got to hit these four targets. And then hit it up this ramp. That sounds and that, boring. And, and then that opens up super jackpot mode right, right. to get the high score. Well, I don't know that. I just... You don't want to know that. Play until the ball goes in. You're enjoying it. Yeah. That's right. Well, getting the high score is, I guess, enjoying. But the bottom line is, like, right now in the club, there's, like, 24 members. And I'm in the, the bottom half maybe in the third quartile or whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll call you uh, below average. There you go. That's yeah, a nice just way. Just a little to, bit. Nice way to say it. But this club has like four or five hosts. So it's like you, then next month. And, and by the way, it's pre, uh, this was pre-COVID. At wow. COVID, this was shut down. Yeah, sure. So the, yeah, yeah. the club's on hiatus right now. That's it used to be like every other Tuesday. It was my like Tuesday. Mm, it's yeah, you're like, oh my God, it's Tuesday. <laughs> mm. That's right. Um, and, and so there were four or five different hosts. And it was like, oh, I know this machine. It's like, I think this costs like $7,000. And it's like, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> you're pretty good at math, so you figure it out pretty quickly. Yeah. And then it turns out, so there were four or five hosts but 24 of us total or whatever. So there's like, you know, another 15 guys just like me, like they're not hosting. And then I'm like, but slowly listening to everybody. Oh yeah. I own that. So everybody's got like one or two or three machines. I don't have any, like, don't you need at least one? That's what you would think that might, they're going to kick you out if you don't get, yeah, I better not say too much. They're going to find out. Well, for all zero of your pinball buddies that are going to listen to this. You you either need to make it into the second quartile or you need to get your own machine. But yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, you got to be slightly better than average or get your own machine. But it, it's just it's it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a great group of guys. You know, you go over the 
host always has like food. You usually bring your own beer. You play like little round robin. That might just sound nerdy, but I just is it all male? No, no. Great question. Yes. Uh, it it was for like my first couple seasons, and then finally, I think it was like a proactive thing. Like, hey, let you know, let's get some some yeah. ladies. And now, I think there's four or five yeah, out, of the, out of the twenty four. When you say season, is that like a part of the year, or is it a yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, literally like it might be like January to April or something. And, and you meet like, it's either once a month or once every two or three weeks. It's, it's changed. Right. Uh, based on the season. And then it'd be like, oh, we're going to, everyone vacation, summer off. And then there's the fall season. And then it's like, so it's kind of like the school year. I yeah. Guess. No, it's like two semesters. And there might year. be like a casual summer league where it doesn't. <laughs> where people have to keep it going. Count as much or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But but what's craziest since this has started is at the time we were like kind of like this underground like oh wow who are those guys but now if you guys you know there's the circuit arcade mm-hmm. and Bingo Beer has Bingo, a bunch yep. of machines Kotu mm. uh, right in Ashland has five or six machines Pinball has has come back like gangbusters wow. Um, yeah, I, so, I see it in a lot of, uh, I mean, they're called barcades that's now, right. nowadays. Uh, pinball's like, there's usually a wall of pinball machines. Like Scott's Edition has a ton of pinball <clears throat> machines kind of thing. Yeah, and, they're, and they're, they're so cool. I mean, and some of them are even new. Like, I'm, I remember playing on one that was the new Star Wars. So people are making new machines as well. I guess the demand is back. But then there's also all of the older ones, like Terminator and like Jurassic Park. Those and, aren't that old, Daniel. <laughs> I guess not. No, no but to, to to your point, there's different versions. Like Jurassic Park has one from like the 90s mm-hmm. about when that right, right, movie right. came out. Yeah. And then there's like a new one that came out just like a year or two ago. Right. So they re-released them. There might be three Star Wars ones. Like there's yeah. these different versions. The original so, yeah. 70s one. And, yeah. yeah, and now there's a there's a new one that's that's really cool. But I mean, they they keep up like uh, there's like a Stranger Things now. You know that Netflix show yeah, that your, yeah, yeah. your teenage girls might. My middle kid loves. Yeah, them. yeah, exactly. There's a Stranger Things a pinball machine, and do you want me to get you almost one? every rock band that is a rock band, like like real you know, there's rock ACDC band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Guns N' Roses yeah. and Metallica, and there's two different Kisses. There's a Kiss from the late seventies and a. Ki- <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Do you want me to buy you a pinball machine, Tim? It n- no, it's more of a, a space a space. You thing. you can figure it out. Like, well, you buy it, I'll keep it for now and then give it to Tim when he gets more space. You wanna keep it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I'm I'm paying, you guys are playing. Well who's gonna finance it though? You're gonna pay for it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. Financing. So sorry. Whew. Um I wanna ask uh why when like Pac-Man and and all these other cool games came out, Terminator and the ones where you pop up and shoot at people. Like, wh- wh- why did uh, pinball, like, remain in your heart? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. M- maybe, um, maybe because I never really got real good. Mm, so you're chasing being really Especially, good. Like, certain games I literally hated because I was terrible. Like, have you ever tried, like, the original Centipede? 
like I, I can't even clear like the first screen. Yeah, I, like, I was awful at it. Or yeah. or uh, Donkey Kong, like I, I had trouble getting to the top. So I guess uh, you mentioned Galaga. I was okay at, at that, but right. most of them I just thought were kind of hard and mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Like with with pinball, and this might sound silly. I felt like I had control because you can like catch the ball. It's then, mechanical. Yeah, and then you're going to do what you're going to do. It's not but, ones and zeros. But, but with yeah. a screen of monsters, a digital coming down, it can kill you if it wants to. You, yeah. I, don't, I don't trust the digitals. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, right. so, so maybe that's maybe, maybe that's it, but... That's probably it. Yeah, I mean, there's... I don't want to say I never did, but <clears throat> as I said, my heart, even through the video game craze, was still always with pinball. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, <laughs> I definitely... I really do like the the art, both the 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 way that you, so many different movies or bands or just art, artistic and expressions can happen through a pinball machine, and then and then the mechanical aspect of it, uh, where you're actually you're pulling on the spring and it's hitting the ball, and you're it's actually a metal ball that you're trying to go from going down that gap. So there's something uh, tactile about it. That it's probably you lose. the tactile thing too. It's just it's cool, and you mentioned the art like. You guys have seen these. I mean, they are really, really slick. They've gone up sometimes. Yeah. I'll get you one. And, and, and I know, and I'm not trying to be insensitive, but you, you see some of those from the 60s and 70s that just, you know, buxom ladies in bikinis and stuff on these yeah. pinball machines. Uh, but but the, the, the artwork and the, and the graphics on these is incredible. And, and, and let me tell you about one little thing that I just found out. Like, within the last year, because I was watching some show on TV they showed this KISS pinball machine so do you guys know the KISS symbol K-I those SS's in the band KISS are actually like German they look look exactly like they they are exactly like SS's and they were on this uh, you know those antique road show kind of things or whatever they go and look at people's warehouses and they had a German KISS machine and it was regular s and the guy said this is very rare and it's from germany because in germany it's a big deal you are not allowed to have not since 1945 not not allowed to have the those s's oh and and so that the kiss emblem on this pinball machine was like a a round circular yeah that pinball machine's worth a gazillion dollars and i was like holy cow look at that yeah that kiss Weird. <laughs> so weird. Do you think the band intended that? That's a good question. And 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 I had never even realized it until the show when they pointed it out. You're like, huh? I yeah, never noticed thing. the kiss S's. I can't imagine were it was like that. intentional. Can't imagine. Yeah. Why, why would you? If you're kiss. Exactly. I mean, yeah. and it's the same font as the K and the I, so yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think the uh, the members of Kiss are Nazis. If that's where we're going. <laughs> I know that Tim. Do you think? No, are? no, I don't yeah. think that. Yeah, All right, cool. Good. Safe right. opinion. Yeah. All right. Well, to be honest, I was trying to think if Gene Simmons was Jewish. Maybe he's. Uh, so that would really be. I think he's of an ethnicity that he would not been. He would not have been very popular in Nazi Germany. Ar- back Armenian. In the 40s. What? I'm it's something sure. like that. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. But anyway, he would not have been a member of the Nazi Party back <laughs> in the forties. Cool. I think is the point. All right, so Tim, you were a uh, systems engineer cat in college. That's right. Which meant you could do a lot of things fairly well, but you are pretty good at numbers. I've I've always liked, I've always liked numbers. Yeah, uh, in in particular, st- stats and 
the ability to anticipate what might be coming next based on what has come before. Maybe you're giving me too much credit. I, I just like probability. Like, oh, there's three socks in a drawer, and there's two different colors. <laughs> I've just always liked, uh, you know, prob- probability. And that has led to your love of gambling. Uh, that that doesn't sound good. My casinos, <laughs> casinos. Your passion for gambling. Well, hold on. You you hold on. You were a young younger guy at the horse track, right? That, that's right. Well, we'll start with. With, with the casino. So, you know, I liked, and believe it or not, I never even took any probability or stats in high school. Mm. That, that's like standard now, but it wasn't high back school then. in the 80s. It definitely wasn't back then. It was like trig, trig two, pre-calc, and mm. calculus. There really wasn't probability and stats mm. in, in, in high school. So, so part of my major was then probability and statistics. And, and as I said, I just, I, I just loved it. Like, of just, you know, what is the chance of, uh, you know, drawing a straight flush from a random deck of 50? You know, and there's all kinds yeah. of different uh, techniques and distributions and, and stuff like that. And I, I, I don't know. Then uh, I remember uh, wanting to go to Atlantic City. Uh, I mean, that was, I guess. So your brain was like, I'm learning all this stuff about numbers. Yeah, and it was go. it was really cool, and you know I tried to l- learn the game, so you get these books or whatever, and you know there was no internet back then. This is right. this is literally you can't Google it, how late late eighties, early nineties. So you could get a book, and so it's like I'm going through the book, and I, I just was fascinated, like with roulette. So it's like, well, there's you know thirty six numbers or whatever, and. Oh, okay. If you get this, it pays thirty-six to one. But I remember when I immediately thought that I was like, because part of probability is understanding expected value and stuff. And it was like, wait, if it's paying thirty-six to one, and there's thirty-six numbers, the casino doesn't have an edge. And then I read more, and I was like, oh, in roulette, there's those two little green zero and double zero, zero and double zero. And that's kind of what gives... And that's where they make all the cash. That, that's where the casino gets their advantage. Wait, so instead of it being 36, it's 38 because there are two extras? That's right. So there, there are 36 numbers, and you can put your chips on a number, and if it hits, you get paid 36 to 1. Mm-hmm. And at first I thought that's what it was, but then you, you realize you there's a, a coin, 0 yeah. and a zero zero, so you, your odds are really 1 in 38 of, of winning. Okay. And, and that's their advantage. Okay. Not to get too technical, but if it did land on zero or zero zero, you get half your bet back. Mm. But but it still uh, gives the casino an advantage. And I was always just fascinated by stuff like that. Now, for the funny part of that, I hate roulette. Yeah, roulette's a boring game. <laughs> Not only is it boring, it goes back to the vertigo. I don't remember. Yeah, that yeah, was before. That was before we started recording. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a, a literal, literally, the spinning wheel will give me a headache mm. and I, I just find uh, roulette boring but but just and the odds but, aren't great either that, that that notion of of yeah when you do out all the math you you give the casino like a five percent advantage which is a lot yeah, yeah yeah exactly but 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 just that and then uh you know I just I was fascinated by blackjack uh even even though that one's kind of tough to actually do the math behind because there's like an infinite 
Eight decks is hard to deal with. Or, or, or just the, the, like a decision tree of saying, oh, you're going to get a, a two and then a three. And then there's too many combinations. I think they calculate your advantage by like computer simulation to right. figure out the odds in, in, in blackjack. Mm. But, but don't they, isn't there like a counting, car, counting system that people could use? That's right. Great question. And I, I never got into that. Mm. I was, you could probably do it. I, I don't know. For, for one, I'm just going to be honest. I like to have a good time when I'm gambling. I like to be drinking. That, that's too much work. Yeah, and I know there was like that movie yeah. about people keeping counts. Twenty one. Yeah, is that the name of the movie? Yeah, and it's like it's not even allowed. I don't think counting cards. It's frowned upon for sure. Yeah, they'll kick you out. That, that's right. But as as Paul mentioned, they use like eight decks, and it's it's really tough to do. But I just it it's so incredibly hard and maybe boring to kind of keep a, a count of face cards or the the plus or minus count. Yeah. If you go in there with a hundred bucks and you lose sixty bucks and you had a good time for the last two hours, who cares, right? <laughs> I mean, that's really the, the main point. But so, craps was then the the final frontier because it has the best odds. Well, not only that, it's it, I mean that is very important, but it's it's definitely and I still think it is true the most exciting. Like there's a there's a lot of bets there's a lot of action especially when the dice are rolling right yeah and you get people screaming and characters at the table T- Tim taught me craps yeah could you Daniel. could you give me like a oh, high no, level no, no, review no. of what craps is uh, Paul's like so no, mad right now no, no it's, it's fine but I think we'd have to do it off recording because it's not I don't know go ahead Tim go, try to do it in three minutes three minutes starting now <laughs> what is like what is craps for someone who's never heard or never learned how it's played. At its essence, it is, you roll the dice. If you get a 7 or an 11, you win. If you're betting on the pass line. That, that, that's right. We're assuming. Which is the, the standard bet. With, yeah. with okay. the dice. 7 or 11, you win. And we won't get into all the odds, but the 7, there's six different ways to make a 7. Between two dice. <laughs> Tie, <laughs> die. <laughs> Just one dice. That would be hard to roll a 7. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But then I, I can see that with two dice. Like a 7 sided. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Seven eleven, you win. Two three or twelve, you lose. Four five six, eight nine ten, that becomes what's called the point. And then there's this little disc that goes and then sits on the four. If you rolled a four, at that moment, and that and that disc says on. That's right. And then like it's on. And, and then after that, you you throw the dice again. Well, and again and again. And after that, all that matters. Is that you? If you roll the four before the seven again, you you win. And you at pretty so nice odds. A, after the first roll, the seven becomes bad. Oh, okay, or eleven. No, not, no, 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 eleven's not, not, not bad. the eleven. Just okay. the seven. All that matters after the first roll would be that four, and the seven. And so, if you've ever seen it in the movies and on TV, and someone says seven winner, and you're like. Oh, that's cool. I think I understand this now. And then other times you may be watching the same show or a different movie, and it's like seven. Everybody loses. It's because because it, you roll a seven it, before it changes. Like on the first roll, the seven's good, and then it becomes bad. Okay. And I know how I described it. Sounds kind of boring, but it gets a lot more complicated. Like you, you, you can keep making bet after bet and then there's a come out bet and yeah okay and there's there's a lot of extravagant crap in the middle that you shouldn't play so a lot of energy can kind of arise especially if a guy gets hot like i've been at the table where a guy i knew you know lr 
first time he'd ever played craps. We we're in Vegas, and a lot of people believe in uh, virgin rollers are really lucky guys that are playing craps for the first time. And man, was it true that night? He rolled for forty to forty-five minutes, which in a craps game—that's big time. That is, whoo, man, and uh, he he had a nice roll. I may have won a couple of bucks. He won a couple of bucks. It comes around the table. The second time, he gets on like a 25, 28-minute roll back-to-back. So, like, it, the place was buzzing. The entire casino was buzzing because that table, and in particular, the guy I was with, was on fire. And it came back around to him again, and he, he lost pretty quickly. And he's like, all right, I'm out of here, guys. And the whole table was like, what? You can't leave us. You've made us so much money. <laughs> It was a fun time. It's really funny when, when that happens. That's that's funny, especially saying, like, you can't leave us because you've made us so much money because, <laughs> like, probability doesn't carry forward. The probability doesn't give a shit. Yeah. So, like, oh, the hot God. hands fallacy. Yeah. But, but I have I had an experience like that, too, and it's maybe the, the gambling gods, like, kind of picking on you or laughing at you, but it was maybe not my first trip to Atlantic City playing craps, but it was... Definitely by the second, like I was really kind of new at crap still, and I had the biggest win of my life to this day. And it's almost like a Moby Dick kind of thing. Like I'm still seeking. Yeah. I'm seeking. You're trying that. to get back to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeking that win again. Yeah. And it's like it, there's a pull there, man. Yeah, exactly. It's like I won so much, and this guy had the dice for so long. So I did experience it, and and maybe that's like been been bad because if i have to be honest i'd say over the past 20 or 30 years i'm down it, it, it crashed oh like, of course you are yeah because the odds say you're going to be down yeah yeah and and the, the thing about craps is it's highly volatile as well like you can sit at a, a blackjack table with a couple hundred dollars and i mean you can get burned at that too but it's unusual that, 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 that one even though the, the the odds are good at craps, the variance is high. Mm. So I mean, I, I've lost. And I'm not a big shot, but I've lost three or four hundred dollars, like in inside of twenty minutes. Like, yeah. and then it's just like, wait, what the what, what just, the hell happened? just happened here right. or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> so when when was the first time you went to a uh, a horse race where money was being wagered? Okay. Let me tell one more crap story. Yeah, yeah I love it. I love All right, sorry, stories. sorry, and yeah, then we'll go good. to horse racing. Because this was just last year. You, you love going to West Virginia, don't you? Yeah, yes, but this was on a carnival cruise. Okay. I, right. I, we, last summer. And, and the thing about cruises now, like with COVID, is like... What's a cruise? Is, is, that, is right. that done? Yeah. But uh, uh, I took the family uh, on a cruise, you know, the three kids and my wife, Wendy. And they obviously, I have a casino and, you know, I like hanging out there or whatever and we're supposed to go to a show or whatever and I get the dice and I'm not gonna lie even when I talked about my good run when I was 20 something that wasn't me rolling I have never had personally I I personally didn't I don't have a good roll I I just just doesn't happen it just doesn't happen for me and I'm a lefty and some people are like oh yeah because you're a lefty yeah no no no. some people like that like oh lefty or whatever (laughs) Which makes no sense. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. you know how it is. <laughs> but I'm on this cruise, and I get the dice, and I'm finally have the role of my life. And I'm so excited. You're in the middle of the Atlantic somewhere, or the Caribbean, or whatever. That, that, that's right. That's yeah. right. And I know that 
we're supposed to be somewhere for a show or whatever. And, and when he comes up and kind of just looks at me the first time or whatever, and I'm still rolling, and then she, the cardinal sin, she comes up and she goes, aren't you finished yet or whatever? Oh, and no. I was like, oh, my gosh, you, 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 you don't you, say that. You jinxed the table for the next four years. You don't you don't say that to somebody on a hot roll. Don't don't say the number seven. Yeah, <laughs> don't. But it was it was kind of funny. She was like, "Aren't you done yet?" or whatever. Did that end the roll? No, no. I I, I went. I think maybe a little while longer, but but you had a nice run. Uh, it, yeah, um, yeah. I've never had a nice run playing craps. Of course, you played more craps than I have. But but I still and then I finally had this nice run and I'm really conservative, so it's like I'll start with the minimum bet and maybe bump it up a little bit. There was this guy next to me that just was like putting chips everywhere and and he went with red and then the next thing you know they're turning into green red's five. Yeah, bucks. and the guy kept Green's giving me the bucks. you know the winks and nods and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that okay, guy I hope couple I don't grand. Yeah. Right, and I hope it'll I hope this never stops cuz you're going to be really pissed when I when it does. Wow. Craps is a good time. Yeah. It sounds like there's a lot of, uh, yeah, just, um, uh, what is it called? Not surreptition. What's the? Serendipity? No, it's the, what is it when people are like, there's like a spa word where. Uh, Superstitious. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> How is that a spa word? Because it's got an S and a P in it. Okay. So it's funny because. So every, every word that has an S and a P in it is a spa word. All right. Got it. <laughs> oh, it's, it's crazy. Like if you're. If someone's on a pretty good roll, oh, you don't say someone, shit. And, Nobody well, says anything. Let's say you, you, you know how it works. You throw that. You've seen a craps table, so you yeah. throw it across the table. Yeah, I'm familiar sometimes, with that action. Yeah. Sometimes it, it bounces off the table and out on the floor. That's a, oh. and they have a whole bunch of dice, and sometimes they'll want to give you new dice, but the guy rolling says, "No, same dice." So he has and, to go to the floor. Well, well, how it works is normally a, a, a player like one of us would go pick it up, and then you have to go and like place it. On the table, they're real formal about this. Well, because the there are cameras everywhere. Yeah, and and, and then the, the dealer will pick it up and you might have a look at you, it. You to might make have a sure way that to I didn't try to slip in the the way to die the, the crooked mm, dice yeah. or okay or, or whatever. But it, it, it's people like, really want the same die, especially if they're doing if they're doing well, right? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, it's uh, so. I mean, it sounds like you're almost as interested in like that whole culture around it, the the hot rolls and like the, <laughs> the all the the things to do, as well as the probability of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just I just have fun. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's emotional. There's math, yeah, and it can be a great time. It can also be horrible when you just never get on a hot roll, or even a mini hot roll. Yeah, craps can be gotcha. brutal. <clears throat> and the math is designed, right, over the long term to have, you always. have a negative expected value. That's right. Lo- over the long term. So. Every game in a casino, always. But That's I, right. Is, is Except it, for poker. They say, I mean, you can mm. win. You're playing against other people. They just take their... Are you any good at poker? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dang. <clears throat> yeah, I've always wondered about, like, professional poker pa- players and how, how they do it, but... Uh, they're good at, they're pretty good at math and they're pretty good at reading people. Yeah, yeah. must be, must be. Yeah, we can talk. But was that pre? We can do the recording yeah. started. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Like I, I like poker. Um, you know, hold them or whatever, and I'm, I'm pretty good with understanding the the numbers or whatever. But mm. like I said I'm just kind of I think gullible and not good at reading people. People can bluff me right off a table, <laughs> I, I or or the other way around. Like someone could have that 
full house or whatever and go all in. And I'm like, I'm, no, I'm going no screw, screw you. You're trying to bluff me. And then I'm like, oh, shit. That but it happens I, to the best yeah. of them, right? It happens <laughs> yeah. to the best of them. I, I just, I mean, I play neighborhood games and sometimes I might get second or, or, or even win, but I, I wouldn't go to a casino and, yeah, I've and, never done and, and go to a poker room. That, that that would be way too intense for me. A lot of those guys are like really into it. and They do it all the time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. no thanks. <laughs> yeah, and there's a really big online scene I hear as well with with poker. But yeah, you, you don't do it unless you know what you're doing, I guess. Or start start low. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, as long as you uh, can withstand the loss. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, horse racing, yeah, right? Yeah, going right horse racing. <laughs> so. Horse racing is, I guess, in the same category, I suppose. And it was, as I had mentioned, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump over to, to Laurel. Oh, yep, uh, yep. So even as a, a real little kid, my parents would, would take us and the, the kids uh, over to Laurel uh, Racetrack. And is that where the Preakness is? No, no, no. That's, that's Pimlico. That's Pimlico, in Baltimore. Baltimore, right. And it's weird. They're like, well, they used to be sister tracks. So, so there'd be a meet or, or like they'd be running at Laurel for a couple months and then running at Pimlico for a couple months. Like back not in, at the back same, in the, back not in the, in the same time. Yeah. So they were like kind of sister yeah, yeah. Uh, tracks. Mm. So, so just from an early age, but back then it was just like, I like seven and, or I like the, the red one or, you know, the, right. the color of the silks or, or, or whatever. But I've just been around it like for a long time and uh then my dad uh, he bought in to to a racehorse uh at one point with i think some shady characters it seems like a pretty shady business yeah and i'll just i'll tell you it was three of them right and they bought this thirty thousand dollar horse that's 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 a, a lot, lot of money, especially back. Yeah, then. I mean it's not yeah. like a Kentucky Derby horse, but that's still a lot for a horse. So it was ten thousand each, and then it didn't end up doing anything. I think I got a second at at one point at yeah. Laurel, but then just nothing, and then it got sold off and went to Penn National or a lower caliber racetrack, and they didn't get very much money back. And after it all went down, so this was over the course of a, a year or so, my dad's like. I'm pretty sure that was a ten thousand dollar horse, mm. and then he paid for the whole thing. That hurts. I mean, yeah, it's the. I, we don't know that for sure. Sure, but I don't know. I guess, can I see the receipt for that horse? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, are horses like? Are they like race cars where some are just better than others? And like, what makes the difference between a ten thousand and a thirty thousand dollar horse? Uh. I guess lineage. I mean, it's huge. It's even genetics. True. When you say yeah, lineage, you yeah, mean yeah, genetics. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And you see that in sports too, where it's like, oh, this baseball player's kids just as good. I mean, right. But it's 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 real big in in horse racing and bloodlines. But 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 anyway, for for horse racing. So once I got older, and I'd go to the track with my dad. You know, this is about college and and older, starting to understand how to read the racing form. Hmm. So if you've ever seen it, it kind of shows the 10 horses that are going to run. And then underneath each horse, it, it'll say its record, like it's past six races. And be like, oh, okay, so this is a, 
a six furlong race. Oh, but uh, the last couple races he was doing five furlongs or a mile or whatever, or the track was sloppy this day, or mm. uh, they changed jockey. I mean, there is so much. There's a, a huge there story there. There is so much to see in there, and I like to fancy myself, oh, back to the stats, like, okay, I can I can figure this out, but I'm not going to lie, it's, that's hard, but. To, to, to do but I I enjoy it and I and I still do and Paul and I we go yeah. over to the OTB you know what OTB stands for on the ball <laughs> <laughs> off track betting okay so you can actually go bet one horse racing but be away from the track and yeah you taught me some of the things that came with each horse and I'm like I don't care I like the number six or whatever <laughs> um, and I think a couple times I I did pretty well. Yeah, we, we, we always go over and like bet on the. So, so I'm not like a, a weekly or daily guy. Like, oh, who's running at Santa Anita today? Right. I'm more of a triple crown guy. Like, I get, I'm totally a triple crown. I, guy. I get up for the the Derby and the and the Preakness and the and the Belmont. I I like the, the history. The I I don't know. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of kind of cool. Mm. But uh, but do, yeah, do we you go in person or, OTB. Um, well, not anymore. Um, because of COVID. COVID. But, it's crazy. The OTB on Broad Street that we used to go to, that yeah. closed. Yeah, it's a bummer. But, but then there was this place called uh, Pints and Ponies down in Shaco Bottom. It was the old Tiki Bops, if you guys remember, yeah, yeah. Re- remember that. Sure. But now that place is closed, and I don't know if it's There's another little place off near David's Bridal on Broad. Gotcha. It's a little hole in the wall in like a strip mall, but you can put money on horse racing. But it's weird. I've, I've, I've always in, enjoyed... You know, pretending like I know what I'm doing. You know, I got my my pencil and I'm circling mm. things, and I got my highlighter, and <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, like, I don't know anything. Mm. Once once in a while, I might I might do something. It's fun to do it. But 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 what is kind of funny and 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 silly is in horse racing, it can be a big deal if a horse goes up or down in class. Mm. And so let's say it's a $25,000 race and then you're looking at the horse and you're like whoa well he was just just one last three in a row but they were $10,000 races so he's been bumped up in class hmm. and then you see this other horse that's got a bunch of you know eighth place ninth place oh but he was in this stakes race or $50,000 race and so he's moved down in class who do you take that, that that's right now the horse people would say you go towards the ones that are moving up in class. Mm. But the the reason I'm telling you this, and this is, I think, kind of the funny part, is so I work for a bank and have been, I'm not involved in credit right now, but I have been most of my career, and there's a credit score, mm. and it's called a FICO score. And I used to develop models that try to predict who's going to go delinquent or you know or not be able to pay back th- th- that's right and so in the model i was like okay well we know that your fico score is important f- for whether you're going to pay this bill back or not so let's say you have a 700 but i was like i put a horse racing lens on it and i was like well is it important that the 700 what if the person was a 650 six months ago now they're on the or, a, or a 750 <clears throat> six months ago i put the money on the 650 to 700 you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I tried to do the same thing. It's like, does change 
momentum. It, it, yeah, mm. yeah. Is this does this apply to uh, lending uh, as well? And yeah. it turned out it did not. <laughs> so, so, it so, so, so I guess uh, hats off to the the modeling or the Equifax people that your credit score kind of takes in all of that. all of all of history mm. and, and whether you were a 600 a year ago or an, an 800 a year ago it might not matter you're a 700 uh now but okay yeah. I, I always thought that was a, a funny what example. about horse racing do you put money on the uh, fifty thousand dollar coming down or the ten thousand going up I, I i i don't know i would never probably base a decision off off that but i don't know if i let that affect me too much i'm mostly a jockey guy actually really yeah i mean and that's what my dad used to do too when he go to the track he bet the jockey i mean i i don't know exactly how it works but jockeys have a little say of which horses they they ride right, right. even in the program in the front it'll show the winning percentages of the owners of the jockeys and it's like hey, hmm. Mario Pino I mean that was a famous jockey sure. at Laurel it was like he wins like 40% of his races like which is a lot <laughs> yeah I'm making that up it right. might not have been 40 but, but he's still good yeah. exactly mm-hmm. and it was just like a lot of people just bet the jockey and then at the end of the 10 uh, race meet it's like wait that guy won three times today or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah I wish I put money on him all three times there yeah. you go Nice. And so, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, so you can have a really crazy fast horse, but if you don't have a, a jockey to harness it and to actually get all that potential out, then they don't go as fast. Great question. I, I, I'm not sure. Like, if you had to put, like, a percentage on it, like, it's this much jockey and this much mm. horse. What do you think it is? If you had to guess. Like, I'm sure if you put, a, uh, like, a sandbag on a horse, it would lose every time. Okay. How yeah, about, it wouldn't even go in the right direction, probably. Yeah. yeah. How about, could I have coached the New England Patriots to the Super Like, how about coach versus a, uh, a sports team? Now you're asking the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady question. <laughs> but kind of. I mean, yeah. isn't it? It's related. Like, is it the, is so it the is team? It 50, how much does the coach count? Like, so I think the season is indicating that it's more about the player. <laughs> it's more about oh, the Oh, your bucks. That's right. Damn right, my bucks. With a minimum level of talent, if you get, if there's like a baseline of jockey talent, then all you need is the right horse. But if you go below that level, so in this case, it would be if you go below the coaching level of the Buccaneers, mm. which is that it seems pretty hard to do. Just kidding. I don't know anything. <laughs> I don't even know who's the coach of the Buccaneers. Forget Bruce me. Arians, man. Come on. It's not Gruden. Uh, like there. 20 years ago. Was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know much about football. I'm a Me fan either. of the Washington football team. Okay. Which so is to say you don't really WFT. Uh, Very nice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So w- I've been WFT. tortured for the past 30 years. <laughs> yeah, almost, I, I think they're almost, the losing. They're, they, they won the Super Bowl in 93, I think. Close to 30 years. But yeah. I saw a stat. They're like the losingest team or the team that's made the playoffs the least or the most seasons with four wins or less, or something like that. You're not our first Washington football team fan. I'm just saying you could bring out the Browns or the Lions, but sprinkled in there at some point was like this good season. Yeah. Like in, in Washington hasn't really had any. In the last 30. That's right. I think they've made the playoffs maybe three times and went out in the first round or, or whatever. 
I think they won one game in the last like twenty five years. It was against Tampa Bay actually. in the playoffs. You mean? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're but, ripe for like they're, it's the makings of a movie, like a team that hasn't won for thirty years, and a new coach comes in, new quarterback. There are a few in. of those though. There, there are like seven teams in the NFL like that. <laughs> well, I guess yeah. You just got to get the right people in there. It's the bottom quartile. Somebody's going to bust out of the bottom quartile, and I hope it's not Washington because I have never liked Washington. I hope they're awful. I, I hope Dan Snyder owns the team till he dies. <laughs> Everybody loves a Cinderella story, though. Not Dan Snyder. <laughs> Do you like Dan Snyder? Are you happy with your owner? No. Yeah, how can you be? I, mean, I don't know anything. But about I that. wasn't a big Jack Can't Cook fan either. Everybody's, oh, Jack Can't Cook. I... He won three, though, right? As an owner? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but winning versus just, I guess, a personality type. But but uh, back to the races at Mount Pelier. Mm. I have seen Jack Can't Cook there a couple really? of years. and. That's pretty my, hoity toity. Yeah, but my so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna restate what I said earlier. There there is a party element there because I got some friends that I grew up with, like to <laughs> Yeah, sure, having fun. Party at all and not dressed up and mm. we were walking along and he saw Jack Kent Cook like in his you know, limo and plaid jacket and handkerchief. Yeah, he went in and talked to him. <laughs> God, you're gonna get thumped by his bodyguards. But nobody did. <laughs> no, it was all good. Yeah, yeah. But Jack seeing can't Jack can't cook. cook at the Mount Pelly races, yeah. The only reason he's not the uh the the owner anymore is because he passed away and then Snyder took it. Or did Snyder buy it before he passed away? I, I think he sold it when I don't remember the exact timeline, but, but he was in his eighties, I think, when yeah. he sold it. Yeah. Daniel loves this part of the conversation. <clears throat> I love it too. And, you know, I can actually segue into our next part of the conversation nice. pretty seamlessly because because oh, you're good at that and I'm not. Because I knew that you uh, you grew up with another famous athlete. <laughs> mm. There you go, sports person that's, who I, I've heard of, but I don't know a lot about. His name is John Daly. That's right. So earlier I said I, you know, grew up or what do you describe him as formative? Formative years, sure. Yeah, yeah. formative years at uh, at Lake of the Woods, uh, up in Orange County. Um, and I was good friends with John Daly, who is a professional golfer and, uh, kind of a wild man. Uh, I mean, he'd been known for drinking and smoking and being basically golf's, uh, bad boy. Bad boy. And now he's on the senior tour. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny. Like he, he doesn't like win very much. But he still gets the biggest crowds. Yeah, the people love him. Yeah, he's like the common man's golfer. Mm. I mean, there's videos of him playing with jeans and no shirt on and stuff. <laughs> but 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 anyway, so he's a year older than me. Um, so we were good friends. I was like in probably sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, or fifth, sixth, and seventh, and he was like sixth, seventh, and eighth. So mm. I, I was like ten, he was eleven. 10 to 12, 11 to 13. Yep. And it was just crazy. He literally like taught me how to how to play. Like I was left-handed, so that was hard enough because back in the 70s, you couldn't find left-handed clubs. Right. Who's going to make The, the first time I went out to golf, they, they tried to give me right-handed clubs and say that no, you need to hit right-handed, and I just couldn't do it. I was batted left-handed. And so I think we may have gone into the mall to Montgomery Wards or Sears and found like a loose club here and there. So I literally had like a six iron and an eight iron and a 
old wood or something like that. Yeah. I literally had three clubs and but but anyway, John literally I guess took me under his wing and taught me how to play and literally I used to hold it. Yeah, like you know, kind of like this. Bat, yeah. Absolutely. And he like, no, interlock your your fingers, mm-hmm. wrap this top thumb over yeah, and line your thumbs up. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it was just it was awesome. And dude, he was so he was so good. I mean, even like, he, he won the British Open. He won the British. Yeah, yeah. Open. He's won two majors, and he won the PGA uh, Championship. Oh wow! Well, and he's the brash guy that would play in jeans and no shirt, or he'd wear like really bright orange, green, pink kind of clothes. And the British are quite proper. Ah, uh, yes. And so that that goes, and, he, and I think he sported the mullet for most of his <laughs> life. And he goes over to the UK, and of course, he's a story because he's so unique. But there's no way he's going to win, and he ended up winning the whole thing. But I mean, it was just, it was nuts. And when he was 13, he played in the community. It's called Lake of the Woods, the, the Lake of the Woods Men's Golf Championship. At 13, he won. Dang. So he rubbed a, a lot of people the, the wrong way that they got beat by a kid. And the next year, you had to be 16. <laughs> uh, to enter, so he won it at, at, yeah, at age funny. thirteen. But but what that's was crazy is very. It, it's like the the pro at the time was was kind of mean to him, and, and like why would you do that? This yeah, so down. let me give you an example. So we're literally on the first tee, and and the pro comes out, um, and John hauls off and whacks one with his driver, and it probably goes two hundred yards. And this is probably when he's twelve, not thirteen. That's a that's a good shot for right. for that's a twelve year old. Yeah. And the pro says, "That's pretty good, John. Uh, that's about my five iron." And even as an eleven year old, I was like, "Man, you're you're a jerk." Right. <laughs> Whatever. Like, yeah, you should be supporting this kid because he's clearly naturally yeah, talented. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, instead of punching down. But I mean, I just remember so many things like. I remember he would tee the ball up so high. Like, like I don't know what what other pros do, but he would tee up that ball so high. And and I'm trying to learn, and I wouldn't tee it up that high. And I was like, oh, well, John, also, you know, from what I understand, like, you shouldn't necessarily swing as as hard as you can. And he's like, no, I swing it as hard as I can he's every like, shot or sure whatever. <laughs> sure <to him. laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sounds like a character. Oh, he 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 was, and I, still I, is. Probably. I, I can tell y'all a couple a, a couple more stories. Um, I got I got, and, and I'm innocent, and I'm innocent to this day. That he and this other kid uh, were at the pro shop, and the pro like walked over to the snack bar or out of the room or whatever, and they these two like. John and this other kid stole some golf balls and like put them in their put them in their pockets. And and I came in and I was like, "Oh my god, what are you what are you guys doing or whatever?" But I was there with them. But I didn't steal anything. But I was just like, "Oh my god, what are you guys going to do?" Like and then he comes back in the pro and busts all three of us. And we all got in trouble. And we had to go down to we called it the guard gate because this is a community like with one of those little Oh yeah, police guys, mm-hmm. and we're gonna call your parents, and we were all crying. This is a 1970s movie. 
what you're describing. That, that's right. This yeah. was probably 1978. Yeah. Um, and we all got busted. And our punishment was at the at the pro shop. There was a putting green at the time, but no sand trap, Jeez. which I still think is weird. Most putting greens don't have sand traps, but our punishment was to like dig. A sand trap. They'd been waiting for you guys to steal those balls for a couple of years, probably. <laughs> they, they egged us on. No, yeah, they set them out for you. Now, yeah. right. They did not let a 10 and 11 year old do that by themselves. So there was some like maintenance professionals there too. Right. But we had to be there with a shovel and, 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 and help. And uh, anyway, so he comes to Richmond now, and it was just here last week actually he plays oh, in, really? there's a golf tournament it's called the dominion yeah. energy golf classic and he's on the senior tour now mm-hmm. and uh i mean i've been a couple times and i i try to talk to him i introduce myself and he'd be like hey hey or whatever but there's people around him he's always like kind of on the move i just i don't have his digits so it's just kind of a of a hey but right part of me wants to be like hey man like you made me dig that golf. You made me dig that sand trap. You're like, the reason. Y- yeah, at least uh, give me five minutes. Right. <laughs> give me three. Come, at come do my buddy's podcast or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're you're calling John Daly out right now, man. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, we, good. we did. Yeah. Yeah. He should be called out because he made you dig a sand trap and you didn't do anything. That's right. But but one other story. I've also uh, spent the night at his house. Uh, you know, a couple times. Um. And I remember, I mean, I don't know if I said it earlier, he likes to party. So he had some problems with, with alcohol for a while. But now I think he's sober. Who knows for real, though. Right. Uh, he's trying. Yeah, that's right. He, the Diet Coke guy. Right. Um, but he had some problems for a while. But I'm not kidding. When we spent the night at his house, uh, his mom, like, made all this beer bread. I mean, and I've had that. Now, I actually make it now, too. I started that in COVID. It's really good. Uh, but so after dinner, we we went down to his room, which was in the basement, and he was like, I'm going to go get a bunch of that bread, and I think if we eat enough of it, like, we can get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> 12 years old. <laughs> uh, he realized he had to actually get beer. Oh, boy. <laughs> So, anyway. That's, that's, a, that's a good one. That's a really good one. <laughs> All right, but, but I'm, not, I'm not, I haven't lost hope that you can get John Daly that's on the right. podcast. And, and, and last but not least, I don't want to talk bad, but he, he had a temper, too. And it doesn't seem like he has it anymore, but he was good. But if he hit a bad shot, I've seen him, like, Break clubs, like right up against a tree. He's he's a he's trying to be or, or, perfect or throw a club into a pond. Now I don't know if if I did that, I don't know how that would go at home that night. Like I know mom and dad. I only have three clubs, as I said earlier. Oh, this, like, is, right. this is him as a kid. Like, yeah, oh yeah 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 yeah. Sorry sorry. <laughs> he's I'm, not I'm doing this back with, as a kid. He's this not is, doing this with a tour. Yeah. No, he doesn't do that anymore. I'm oh. saying when we grew up, he was really good, as I described earlier. The pro said, "Oh, that's pretty good for my five iron." So and John was really good but sometimes you know we can all hit a stray shot and sure he kind of he kind of had a temper and i think a lot of a lot of those guys that end up being that good end up 
showing their temper because they're trying to be perfect all the time. Yeah. But and that's their edge. And they're hard on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But an, another crazy part of it is that like most athletes, he's good at everything. Yeah. I, I mean in little league he pitched and he could throw a curveball like or whatever. He was good at football. Um, you know, he went pretty deep in punt passing kick competition. Right. And I think even in over the past 10, 20 years, like you'd see him out with a certain NFL team, like kicking field goals. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen that on He's the, just natural. On the, on the news or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I remember, this is true. I asked him, like, what are you, what are you doing wasting your time with golf? Like, I, I, told, I was like, you're so good at, like, baseball and football. And like, that, that's where it's at or whatever. So <laughs> what do I know? He's done all right for himself playing golf. And, and he's yeah. and, he, and he's the everyman golfer now, even yeah. on the senior tour. Yeah, that's right. He's the biggest draw probably at every tournament he goes to. Yeah. All right. So uh, standard question time, Tim. No, I know we're get, we're gonna get back to it. <laughs> um, military or stand up comedy? You're 25. Wait, no, wait, wait, wait. What? This is our standard question. Oh, yeah. You have a choice. Our 39 listeners. We're probably at 39 now. Yeah, they know what's coming. That's right. Do you? You're 25. You have no responsibilities. You're not married. No kids. You just have to take care of yourself. You have two choices: join the military for a few years, or do stand-up comedy for a few months. Which one do you choose? Military. Hmm. All right. Why? Fast answer. Yes. One. Uh, I don't think I could do stand-up comedy. It's hard. I mean, I think I'm a, like a, a, a witty guy one-on-one or yeah, whatever, yeah. but not... You have a good sense of humor. N- n- not like in a, an audience. Like an active, kind, like kind I have to thing. be funny and on yeah. in front of an audience. So you're choosing the military because you know you can't do the comedy thing. I, well, well, not exactly. I mean, every, every military person I talk to, it's like... I mean, I know there's the peeling potatoes or whatever shit thing you got to do but right. there's also like hey i went to philippines or i was in germany or i got to do this and yeah. and, and and i just like the idea of you know service to your country yeah and seeing the world and just yeah i, I can't really see a, a downside to it except of course getting killed other other than going to combat and <laughs> yeah other than getting r- killed. Risk <laughs> sorry Small i'm not trying detail. to be flippant about no, that no, but, no 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 there's there's a lot of I mean and I think the military straightens a lot of people out um, and some people might need it you know uh, at a certain point in their life so I think it's it's a it's a good social service as well yeah we're not implying Tim needed it though not at all Tim because <laughs> I, I hope you didn't pick up that I was saying that but no 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 but uh, and it just and I don't want to be controversial it seems like a good deal and what I mean by that is like the whole retirement, pension. Mm-hmm. I also, you know, know people like, well, okay, I did my 20 years here and now I'm going to go get a job here on this naval base and, I'm making and work 50% for the government. My, yeah. And then after that, then I'm going to go work for this contract. And it just, there's a lot of health benefits, housing benefits. I know that maybe they get treated poorly and told you're doing this and moving here, and that, that's what it's about. You're taking orders, but it, it just feels, and I don't know, maybe you can enlighten me, that it seems like there's a lot of good benefits with there's a lot housing of- and health care and then being set 
like, uh, I said, you know, you do the math on like 401k, like you're trying your hardest, but wow, that military pension could, yeah. could really be good. There's a lot more good know. than bad. Yeah. It's a good long-term view of it. A- absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's not a whole lot of like, you need to go do this. There are orders given, but it's not like boot camp. Boot camp, absolutely like that. Okay. But once you get into a unit, there's there are orders to be given, but it's not gotcha. the, quite the same thing. All right, my question time. You said I could do this once or twice. Yeah, right? sure. You, oh. you can do it 10 times if you want. <laughs> Give me your opinion on, because this happened uh, when I worked at the... The Big Bank. That's right, the Big yeah. Bank. I had an analyst actually from Turkey, and he's a really smart kid, and he did great work. But then he had to leave. Mandatory military service in Turkey. So he had to go back home. So the, the thought of the USA mandatory military service. Do you want to take that one? Mm-hmm. I mean, we have, too, we have too many freedoms, I, I, I guess. But I, I do understand it. Like, I don't know. You understand the, like the, the case for <laughs> mandatory well, military? I understand the case against, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to go to the bathroom and Daniel can take that one. Yeah, I mean, okay, but that's for you. That's for you back. as well. I'm, I'm it's interesting. I mean, I, I think that we're fortunate to be in a place where enough people see the good deal and also see that it's a, a service to their country that they volunteer or enlist or join as an officer, so that we don't need that um, man, mandatory uh, population. I think that <clears throat> it's it's definitely. Um, I, I think it's like a, a, it becomes kind of a common rite of passage for adults in countries that have it, like in South Korea or in uh, Israel or I guess Turkey as well. You, you, you spend like the two years after you graduate college or whatever doing your mandatory military service. Or, or for me, even the, the future king of England. Like, I don't know if theirs was mandatory or not, but didn't like William and... What's yeah. the other guy's name? Harry. Harry. Like, didn't they do their military service? And was that required of a prince? Or did they volunteer yeah. to do that? That's a good question. I, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't think England has mandatory military service. I think that it's just prince expected, Harry must have... expected of them. Did yeah. William too? Or no, it was just Harry. Maybe William did. I, I just remember seeing all the pictures of Harry. I think he was better for the media. <laughs> you know, he was hanging out in helicopters and stuff, like, in Afghanistan, having a good time. Uh, or, or not. But... Yeah, I, I don't think England has one. Um, I would, I'd probably advise, be against it, other than, uh, except for like data that is uh, to the contrary. Like, if I it, probably am when push comes to shove. Like, wait, what? This is America? You can't tell me what to do. Or whatever. And a lot of Americans would say the same thing. Yeah, but, but I think a lot of people could benefit from it. How about? Yeah, that's another. If we if we kind of decided, or if we did a massive study that said, you know, what would the effect be of putting everyone in the military on everyone's like mental health, ability to be responsible, ability to become an adult, and uh, good choice, man. You guys downgraded to the bold rocks. It's not downgraded. Rolling rock. Rolling rock. Sorry, bold rock is a cider. Yeah, you, that's my wife's favorite. I think a rolling bold rock is an absolute downgrade from a Yingling. They're both Pennsylvania, though, right? They're both fine. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. What was the question? I might have gotten in trouble. Mandatory. Who, who, who did you get in trouble with? No, people that like Rolling Rock. It's fine. Um, yeah, we were talking about like uh, less than one percent of the population. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ma- mandatory um, military service for all. Like, let's say when you turn eighteen or when you get through college, 
one or the other, you have to spend two years in the, in the uh, armed forces. All right, so the frontal lobe doesn't form for, for boys, young men, until they're in their mid-20s. It's absolutely a good thing, but how dare a government tell people that they have to do that? I love the fact that we have the freedom to choose, and I love the notion of an all-volunteer army, meaning, generally speaking, everybody wants to be there. Um, my dad's a Vietnam vet. I, I know Vietnam, uh, the Vietnam War, uh, the history of it fairly well. Let's just say if it had been all volunteer, there may have been a different outcome. And by the way, we should have never gone to Vietnam in the first place. But if because we did, an all volunteer army would have been a lot better for us. And that I get you're, you're talking about compulsory service versus a draft. But compulsory service just feels like uh, you're not trying that hard. You should... You should create something that is compelling for folks to want to do it and give them the choice. Yeah, gotcha. which which I think that the armed forces have done really well in in America. I mean, people there are a lot of people that go and and enlist. Well, and look, frankly, that's because a lot of folks that's their best option. Well, especially and, at a younger. And from age. what I understand, it's kind of is competitive the right word? Like when it felt like when I was in high school, it was like. Uh, if you didn't know what else to do, join the military. Exactly, and that's not the case anymore. Like they will say, they can they say no to a lot of people. It, too. it, it like ebbs and flows. You, you got pass whatever scores, or you're overweight, or whatever. Like Look, more I'll, selective. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, they can uh, when we're not at war and we don't have two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand guys overseas. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty hard to get in. When you need a bunch of guys overseas, it's easier to get at. Gotcha. Yeah. So it just depends on what's going on in the geopolitical world. Yeah. Yeah. If we were if we were a small country beset by uh, adversaries like it would, like it, Israel, compulsory, then, yeah. no question, you'd have to. Yeah, it would be a necessity at that point. All right, so. all right, Tim. Uh, and I didn't want it to seem like I'm leaning a certain way because I'm actually more liberal, and Paul knows that. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so what's your answer to the question? Did did you answer it while I was gone? I don't know if I answered it. I don't think you did. It sounded like no. I'm not. For, I'm I'm not for it. Okay. No, we, we have too many. It's against our freedoms. Like I agree. Kind of. mm, okay, but you would you would think that if if it were in place, it would probably be a good thing for the people that went through it. Absolutely, but how dare that, that's right. the that's government right. tell everybody they have to go do it? Yes. So is that a paradox? Kind of. It, it would, is. It would be a good thing. But I know it's definitely good. it would not be a good thing to do it. I know, I, yeah, I, I know <laughs> that it makes sense. Yeah. I know it's good. Yeah. For, I know it's good for you. I care about you. But I can't. You should I'm not be forced force to do, to do it. it. Yeah, and 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 you're talking about eighteen to twenty five year olds, and we're talking about men and women here, but especially for men, that's just a it's not a great time for them to commit to anything or be forced into anything. That's right. Yeah. 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 So cool. there it is. Swansboro yeah. Elementary, Tim. Tell us about Swansboro. So Swansboro uh, Elementary is, um, it's in the city of Richmond on the south side, like kind of down where Midlothian Turnpike uh, starts. Still city of, but on the other side of the river. That, that, that's, that's right. Yeah. That's right. And it is, a, what do we call it, underserved school. I mean, the poverty level is high in the neighborhood, and that school, their test scores are Typically low. It's a school that has challenges. Yep. Um, and the church where I go, Reveille United uh, Methodist, has a partnership with uh, Swansboro. 
Um, and so I've been mentoring there for like a number of years where, you know, I'll go in and I actually work, you know, where... Oh, I know exactly well, where I work. Yeah. Pre, pre, well, pre-COVID, it was like right. a couple of miles from Swansboro. So I go in uh, once a week and uh, meet with, uh, you know, students and for... for like the first couple of years, it was, uh, I'd meet and we'd go and, uh, do like math problems and, and, and reading and stuff. And, and then and I'm not trying to confuse the story, but then my wife, Wendy actually got a teaching job at, at Swansboro at, at Swansboro. And, uh, that was very challenging, uh, as well. There's, you know, a lot of behavior issues um you know and when he would come home and yeah this, this kid said this certain thing that you'd be like wow that shouldn't come out of a first grader yeah maybe, maybe a sixth grader but yeah no. yeah or whatever or well she said that so-and-so like someone came by with a gun last night or whatever and it's like you've got to wrestle well, do i need to what do you do? Yeah. Re- 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 report this. Just, just a lot of challenges. And so, in Wendy's time there as a teacher, I've gotten even closer. Like I can walk, and like the people in the front desk, you know, know who I am. And like I think you're only supposed to have one child at a time, but I go in now and I I take two. <laughs> so, in in. I, I shouldn't keep saying it, but it, this was pre, like this year, it's not happening. The kids mm-hmm. are on are online, but right. this was last year. Uh, I had a couple students; uh, they were fourth graders uh, at the time, uh, Thaddeus and Jarvis. Um, and I'd go uh, in once during the week, usually at lunchtime, and I'd meet them right in the cafeteria, and I'd I'd sit there and uh, have lunch with them. I mean, I wouldn't eat, but yeah. They would, and then after lunch, I would. Uh, they didn't ever want to do reading or math or whatever, so we'd just go to the gym and shoot basketball and kickball and throw the football and just just everything. And it was really rewarding. And um, once they're back in school, uh, you know, I hope to to be able to to do it again. Um, yeah, City of Richmond may not go back until uh, a fall from now. Yeah, like a, roughly a year from now. And we've been to, uh, like, their sporting uh, events as well. Like, uh, went to this, like, championship football game, like, that was actually played at Verina High School. Yeah. It had, like, a turf field. Right. It had a scoreboard and... That's a big deal. And, and, and everything. And so, you know, try to be in an active part of their 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 lives um so as i said it, it's not so much education like if two and two is four like but it's more of like and and not a father figure either i don't want to say that it's more of like just an adult friend an mm. adult influence there, yeah. there, 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 there you go yeah is mentor too yeah. strong no no that that's technically what it what it is oh okay yeah yeah like and when, I, think when I when I type myself in at the computer in the front office, it's like, why are you here, M- mentor? Mentor. Right. <laughs> How old are they? What grade are they in now? Oh, they're in fifth grade uh, yeah. now. Uh, but but last year, you know, I went on a field trip 
with them and, and yeah, try to try, and, to try to do lots of things. And, and, and these two, Thaddeus and Jarvis, was it was all year, or h- how long have have you gone back with with these two specifically? Uh, great, great question. I mean, so it was it was my first year with with them this past year. Mm, so okay, does it does it change each year, or would you continue to? It it it, it has changed, but my relationship, or in Wendy's, my wife as well with them is is pretty strong. So if we w- would have gone back to school, I probably would have said, I want to go to fifth grade, and I want these two kids. Uh, uh, again yeah uh, are you gonna keep in touch with them after uh fifth grade yeah i mean i hope so i mean i just uh li- literally facetimed with uh with jarvis a couple hours ago oh that's like, awesome <laughs> so, <laughs> nice so you're in deep well i i don't want to take too much credit when wendy usually initiates these calls she's like and then she'll hand me the hand me the phone and you but, love it when she hands you the phone and 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 because in the, the reason it's Jarvis and Thaddeus is because when Wendy was there several years ago, they were in her class right. as first graders. So we've kind of followed them. So the Malafi family the has been with them for a while. Yeah, yeah. that's cool, man. That's really cool. Yeah, and we you know try to go down there when we can when school is in session. You know, for the they have like the fall festival and they, they just have all kinds of uh, things. Yeah, COVID's a freaking bummer, man. Yeah. Super bummer. Because you haven't physically seen them since, what, March probably? Uh, that's right. Yeah. Man. Uh, the week before March 13th or yeah, super whatever. Bummer. It was probably the, the the last time. But you'll reconnect with them that I was in there. person beyond FaceTime. Yeah. And then um, there's this other family that we have a relationship with, and these are actually three girls. One was a student of Wendy's when she taught there for for a year, and then it's their two sisters, an older sister and a and a younger sisters. So we have a relationship with this other family as as well, and 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 try to uh, you know do things with them. Have you heard of the camp? Like, shit, sorry, that's time's funny. up. Yeah, uh, no, Westview that's, on the that's for you. Yeah, that's right. Westview on the James, like it's like this mm. camp. Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah, it's like this Christian-based camp out yeah. on the James River, out in in Goochland, and uh, Reveille actually sponsors Swansboro students, so we always choose them to drive them out there and help set up their bunks and yeah, it's and, cool and, and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but I do want to share like some of the the sadder aspects. Like, I mean, a lot of these kids are. You know, just under underprivileged, and just it's it's kind of sad. Some of the situations you see, you know, where it's a, a single mom, and the mom's trying to keep keep a job, and so kids might bounce around. Or you're going to be at this grandma's tonight, but you're going to be at this grandma's tomorrow night, and it's so it's like I don't want to call it homeless, but it's a form of that there's a home, of th- homeless does not need to mean you're living under a bridge yeah and and so just the way the way these kids get shuffled around the lack of continuity is pretty, a- pretty a- tough a- absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah and 
I'll share one story, and it just killed me. Like, so we found out that on several nights of, during the week they were staying at this one grandma's house, but the girl said that they were sleeping on the floor. wasn't even a bed for them, and so Wendy and I, you know, got a mattress and sheets and a and a comforter, and, and kind of didn't even ask. We just showed up mm. at Grandma's house when we knew that they were they were there, and and Grandma, I'm not gonna lie, she wasn't the nicest person. She's kind of grumpy, mm-hmm. you know, hard to understand a little bit. And we just came in, and it was literally like in the family room floor. That's where they usually sleep, I guess, with maybe a blanket or sheet or a pillow. But we put the mattress down and and open the sheets and put the sheets on the bed. It's like, okay, well, when you're here, you at least, you, you, you got this now, right? So then, and here's the, what I consider the sad part. We were going to open the, the blanket or the comforter up because it was brand new. And Grandma had had enough, I think, of us. It's like, ah, blah, 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 you know, whatever. I'm not trying to make fun of her, but yeah, she did, definitely did not want us messing around anymore. And I was like, and then we left. I mean, we, you know. You can't stay there forever. That, that, that's right. Then we left, and I was like, well, why, why couldn't we at least finish making the bed? And Wendy said, she's pretty sure that the grandma is going to take that unopened package, like back to Walmart or whatever. For money. Yeah. That's mm. right. That's right. And those kids, like, you know, won't even have, like, a blanket or whatever. Man. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional. No, no, no. <laughs> it's all good. So th- that's just one example of, you know, a day in the life or whatever. Yeah. No, it uh, tells me a few things, Tim. It tells me that you're, you're a good man. It tells me you have a big heart. It tells me that uh, a lot of people take a lot of shit for granted, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's you've definitely taken an above average interest, you know, in in the and like actually caring about the lives of uh, a couple of these youngsters. So you said above average, like quartile too. I think t- Tim's in quartile one. Quart- yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe the maybe like caring about Thaddeus and Jarvis. Second, yeah. second quintile, yeah. first quartile. No, nice, well, wow. Mm. Well, then we'll end on a positive note. Uh, so each Christmas, um, I I try to pick out. Uh, because I know, since Wendy worked there, I know a lot of the teachers there. And, and I know one kindergarten teacher. Because kindergarten's the, the most fun, because they're the youngest. Each Christmas, we'll uh, put together stockings. So, so I'll literally, you know, whether it's a you know, Dollar Tree or order on Amazon, you get stockings and books and games and candy and stuff, and you just make all these stockings. Um, and... Folks at work in my department are always looking for charitable things, so you know I'll put out the hey if you want to if you want to donate you know to to these stockings because right. it can it can add up when you put together twenty five stockings mm-hmm. or, or or whatever. But uh, so we we put all those together and then we go deliver the stockings kind of as Santa Claus. I know this is sound, so I can't really show you 
pictures, or that wouldn't be fair to the listeners. But <laughs> we got pictures of us like delivering stockings and stuff. That can be the picture uh, that we put associated with your. Oh, nice! If you want to. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll send yeah. that to you. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be that. cool. Yeah, would be cool. And, <laughs> and how do people get involved in like if somebody's like, hey, I want to do what Tim's doing. I want to, I want to like take an interest in some kids and. Great question. Yeah. And Wendy prepped me. But by, by the way, you said great question to Daniel four times, only once to me, and that that's probably right. That's probably accurate. Oh no. <laughs> we keep count. <laughs> no, I, we don't. I I, I kind of made that up, but I think that's probably accurate too. <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, great question. His are great questions. I just known him for so long. I don't <laughs> yeah. need to say that. We're, you're we're, taking, we're getting to know each we're other. Building so rapport. Wanna, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. And you're taking me for granted. Right? That's right. And and Wendy prepped me uh, for this. So if if you're interested, there's a uh, an organization called CIS Communities in Schools. I'm sure you can Google it and right. get in touch with them and find out what programs are available. Uh, you know, this was just Swansboro, uh, but there's plenty of kids. As, yeah, and plenty of yeah. uh, underserved Richmond Public Elementary uh, schools. Uh, the volunteer, uh, m- mentor, uh, meal distribution, especially now with COVID right. uh, going on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, CIS. We're CIS. gonna. We're, I think we're gonna put that in the intro. We, absolutely. In case people don't make it all the way to this point. I'm sure everybody will make it to this point. Well, they will. Yeah, all of our <laughs> listeners, I'm sure. But just in case, out of the thirty, I was like, we won't go an hour. <laughs> yeah, I told you we would. Yeah, out of the thirty-nine <laughs> listeners, there may be four still with us, but it's yeah. fine. <laughs> all right. Well, do you want do you want to talk about your family a little bit? And by the yeah. way, I meant four that are not related to Tim when I said four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Tim, tell us about your family, man. Uh, well, my wife is my lovely wife. Wendy, we've been married 27 years. Mm. Um, we have three kids. Uh, my oldest is Daniel, um, and he goes to Longwood. He's a junior at Longwood University, and he just turned 21. Nice. Big so number. at least he can drink legally. He can go to the casino with you, too. Oh, I didn't think about that. I did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we ju- he just had his birthday... Uh, a month or so ago, and Wendy and I went up there and like well, went out to lunch and then took him to a brewery. And nice, yeah, oh had, nice. What day is his birthday? September thirteenth. <gasps> September twenty sixth. <laughs> we're close, and we're both named Daniel. All right, but you're going. not. You're not twenty one. And, and I'm not your son. Uh, and and then <laughs> I've got another son, Brian, who is a senior at Atley High School, and y- y- you know that the whole COVID thing is. As I keep saying over and over again, just weird. Well, we're there's, the mi- there's not. Like, we're in the middle of it. Yeah. Traditional college tours. I mean, weird, I know man. he yeah. wants to go to college, but I, it's hard to get him motivated. Maybe to to say what he wants to do or yeah. Normal times, there are lots of things to pull him into that. But, but yeah, not now. But he actually said JMU the other day. It was All like, right. a, okay, you said a school like Boom. before. It would be like I don't know or now we're talking. whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like. I will say that the Gilman family and the Malanfi family have another connection between Brian and my youngest kid. They're on the same co-rec Dynamo soccer team. That's right. And the first game that uh, I, I think it was their first game, 
your son's pretty good at soccer. My daughter's just learning soccer. And he did a no-look, like, backwards. A heel pass, pass yeah. A heel pass to my daughter. And she's looking at him like, that was really sweet, but I had no idea that was coming. That was kind of funny. I can picture that. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, and then I have a daughter, Annie, who's uh, 15 um, and a, a sophomore uh, at Atlee. And she literally just got her learner's permit. Oof. Like, she went over... The weekend passed and passed the test, and it literally just uh, came in the mail today. Is that officially, is today the day that you're officially old, now that your youngest has has her learner's permit? I guess so. Is is that the the mark? I I totally know. That's one one of them, for sure. There's a lot of events happening, though, in in your kids' lives. Yeah. Yeah. And so the first thing she says is, this picture's terrible. Can I have it redone? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't tell me like when they were going to take it or whatever. And yeah. I thought it was a great picture. It's yeah. just like, isn't that funny? <laughs> that is funny. But you do go through different phases of uh, when you think you're old. Um, I think it's, you know, whether your boss is younger than you or your doctor is younger than you. Like there's all kinds of... Yeah, you and I got past that a while ago. <laughs> 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 yeah, if I'm, I'm at the point where like <clears throat> world champions and super athletes, and I'm, I'm just getting older. That that kind of group of people, mm. and so that's it's not old, I know, but I think that's like one of the milestones you get to is like, man, these people, especially people playing in college football, yeah, they're like eighteen to twenty-two, and they're freaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that was so long ago, and for me, but <laughs> yeah. But the ultimate is like there still hasn't been a, a president like younger than me, and they're not going to be obviously oh, this nice. time, or maybe even next time. Not this time for sure. Oof. Yeah. yeah, but it will happen. It's going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> unless, yeah. Unless something tragic. Yeah, happens. yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. You, you and I, live, <laughs> I hope that. You and I, hope I live that long happens. Yeah. That's right. I like to see it happen multiple <laughs> times. Actually. Yeah. Very cool, Tim. It is. Right. Go ahead. Uh, I was just something. trying to think of anything else about my. My family, or just uh, you know, you're a good normal family. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. guess, I, I, I guess so. <laughs> when, when, Wendy, I know, loves you that's most the of the dream. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Very cool. Yeah, not a lot of drama, and uh, just that's a good thing. Know, good kids, good family. She only came up to the table once, and hasn't done it again since. So, with the hot roll. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was just like, what are you? Talking? I didn't know what he was talking about either. That's right. Sorry, that was too. The callback was too far in the conversation. <laughs> and Tim and I only have ten minutes of recall. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one more, one, one more Wendy uh, casino story, and this is <laughs> no, this, right. It's, when, it's a perfect marriage to end. When, the when we when we yeah. were uh, first married, or we might not even been married yet. We might have been engaged or whatever. But mm-hmm. we're in Atlantic City, and you know, I'm doing my thing. At a, I think it was blackjack, not not craps. Right. And I gave her some chips. That she could go cash and do because she like slots or whatever, right. and then she lost that and she came back and I'm I'm there gambling and she just kind of reaches down <laughs> and grabs a stack and, you're like, and, and I was that's like not how this works I was like hey that was a, what, what are you doing and she goes it's just chips like, <laughs> and, and we still laugh about that but, to they, this but day. they actually just, have value yeah, it was you, probably I'm not you, saying it was a hundred dollars it was probably fifty dollars but she was just like it's just chips when you walk <laughs> over there to the place with the gold bars it actually turns into real money that's funny. that's hilarious actually oh man good stuff Wendy yes. Tim, All right. yeah, Tim you're the man thanks for joining us 
it's been a lot of fun, man. Awesome. You thought you could you could maybe go forty two minutes or something, and we're basically at two hours, I think, right? Mm. Almost, yeah. yeah. Thanks a bunch, man. All yeah. right, thanks, y'all. All right. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe through whichever app you're using. To share your thoughts, head over to our website at podso1.io, and there you can comment on episodes or send us feedback directly. Thanks for listening. Thank you.